In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Hey, listeners, what's up? Jeff Zimfer once again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. I hope whenever you're listening to this, it's either uh, around the Thanksgiving holiday. So I hope you were able to get some time for yourself, your family, for unplugging, disconnecting, reconnecting to those people, places, and things that matter to you. And uh, if you're tuning into this, I appreciate you and you taking time from your life to give us some attention over here and hope that we continue to bring value because uh, you are definitely among the list for me of people that matter, my audience, and I uh, do this for you. So what we're bringing you today is a new episode with um, a f of somebody I consider a friend in the business, somebody I've known for a number of years now, who's, uh, again, another one, of, just a great you know person, human being, but also a phenomenal uh, producer when it comes to mortgage, professional mortgage business. Uh, Michelle Odo out of uh, the Denver, Colorado market with Leader One Financial. Uh, Michelle is doing some incredible things for her business. She, uh, tw in 2020, as the time we recorded this on November 20th, was at 294 units, $135 million in production. Um, I think her previous year, if I recall, was... Yeah. So prior to that, 2019, she did approximately 85 million in about 200-ish units. So obviously some significant growth. Uh, part of that is market-related, but also part of it is not. Part of that is, as you'll hear her unpack, one of the questions I ask her is, what was she already doing in preparation to be able to grow? So what this conversation is, what many of you listeners have been asking for uh, which I try to deliver, uh, and that is a breakdown of a mega producer's team. And I've, obviously, Michelle is a mega producer. So what she does in the first half of this conversation is break down uh, her team structure, who does what, what roles do they play, where is she involved, um, when she hired them, how she dealt with the issue of an LO, junior, LOA, wanting to become their own LO and leave her and you know on and on. So first and foremost, I think what this is, is a case study in growth. Um, so for those of you that are in a place right now where you know you need to hire somebody, where you uh, know that you want to duplicate this past year's volume and or units, or at least hold steady, maybe even grow, um, but a lot, of us, a lot of you are coming off a, a wave, right? That's um, coming in, right? The, the high tide, right? And so it's been raising all the boats. So the question though is, how do you keep riding the tide, right? How do you keep that wave moving forward? And you do that by being very intentional and focused on areas such as hiring people, right? 
implementing certain processes and technology to allow you scale and grow. And that's what Michelle shares is kind of uh, how she's done that personally for herself. So that's part one. Then part two is we get in and unpack kind of what she does in terms of marketing before, during, and after the loan process, what she does with referral partners, and what her plans are to improve and have some efficiencies in her process uh, in the coming year in 2021. So I think uh, this is time to get a pen and pencil out, a blank piece of paper, sit down, without any interruptions, and take notes because there are more nuggets per minute in this podcast episode than maybe you'll ever hear listening to any other podcast episode on planet Earth. Okay, well, maybe not, but pretty darn close. And so, um, by the way, you're going to hear Michelle talk about some marketing activities and everything. And at the end, uh, she is gracious enough to uh, acknowledge um, what we're doing over at the pro membership for some of the done for you turnkey educational classes that she uses to attract real estate agents. If you want to learn more about that, you can go to mortgagemarketing.pro and check out the brief video that's put up there and take a look at the exact same program Michelle uses to uh, reach out to real estate agents. So without uh, further ado, let's get into this week's show. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Happy thank to you. be here. Yeah, so great to have you. Really great to connect with you again. You're incredibly busy, so I know it's really hard. Um, let's do this. Let's just set up who's Michelle Otto, quick background, um, how many years in the biz, and then year to date, uh, what have you done for volume of transactions? Okay. Um, I'm pulling up my pipeline over here so I can give you good yeah. numbers. Um, okay. So Michelle Otto uh -huh. with the long O. Um, I am from Florida. I've been in Denver now 23 years. Mm -hmm. um, I've been in mortgage for going on 28 and that's with a seven year gap in between when I had my kiddos. So 28 years working really 30 some years, um, a lot of underwriting background. I was a wholesale rep for a bunch of years. And then um, I've been in the retail loan officer side since, um, 98. Got it. So, yeah. And then you said numbers. Um, so year to date through in November where we're at, it's November right. 20th. Um, we're at 135 million. Um, and just, um, uh, 254 units right now. It looks like, wow, that actually, no, that's not right. Cause all my, no, it's more like 290, 294. Fun fundings are coming in as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wait, the ticker's moving. No, it's like 294, 294, 294 units. And yep. what was it? The volume was a hundred and, uh, one thirty five, five. Wow. <laughs> I thought I'd get you with that. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Seriously. Hats off to you. How does that compare to, and you don't have to be specific, just ballpark previous year, 2019. 2019. I did 85 million. Um, and I forget how many units, but I want to say, I think it was 206. 206 and it was 85 million. Wow. All right. <clears throat> so obviously the market has driven a lot of growth for people. How do you look at your growth like, do you, do you just chalk it up to, hey, thank God for the market? Or do you think you've also done some things intentionally or were already brewing that plays a factor into your current numbers? No, I definitely did things to um, facilitate growth, to prepare for growth. Um, my goal was to hit 100 million this year. So I wanted to go from like 85 to 100. Um, mm -hmm. I usually try to do like 10 to 20% you know, increase um, okay. per year if I can. Okay. So my goal was to get to a hundred. I didn't know if I'd do it because I thought I didn't know what this year was going to hold when I made that goal. Right. Uh, I think the whole mortgage industry, obviously with all the horrible things that COVID brought, um, but with the low rates, it was a blessing for us this year. And so, you know, what, 
what I planned to be a hundred million and being more like one, you know, probably end up at one, I don't know, maybe 160 or so and 70. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what I did for, to prepare for growth. So I knew I had to grow my team. That was my number one goal. Right. Um, and we had also moved platforms. So I was at a different lender um, up until July of last year, July of 19. Right. So we moved July of 19 and we um, opened up our own branch with a different company. And um, so there was a lot, you know, there was all that transition moving, moving the office um, and then hiring more staff and growing our team. And so my goal all along was to get, um, I had an LOA who kind of functioned like an LOA and a loan coordinator. So really more docs oriented versus like selling, although she could take from um, lead to close if she needed to, she's licensed. Okay. Um, And she's worked for me. She's worked with me for like 20 years. So Carla's my right hand. You know, she's my work wife. She's amazing. (laughs) Um, So I knew I needed to hire like a true LOA that was going to be sales. And then Carla could be act more like in that loan coordinator capacity. Um, And I did do that uh, March of, let me think. What date are we? I don't even know why. It's like been a fog, honestly. It's been kind of a whirlwind. But you did that in 2020 this year. Yeah. Well, I hired her a year ago. I hired my second LOA a year ago, Okay. but she didn't really move into that LOA role till like March. We had her doing some marketing things up until then. So from March until now. So hired Tanya and she, you know, within her, I don't know, third or fourth month, she was up to doing 10, 15 loans a month. And that's what she's been averaging. So she's doing phenomenal. And then I hired another LOA in September. Just to clarify, wait. So when you say doing 10 to 15 loans a month, what what do you mean? Is she originating or? So leads that I can't get to. Right. So I, I give her the lead. I give her the name. I mean, it's as, it's as, um, simple as I might give her, you know, forward an email to her or a text or a voicemail or whatever it may be. It could be a, um, a home bot lead, you know, that uh-huh. comes in, yep. or it could just be a website lead that comes in. Um, okay. and then I'll just, you know, she can take that lead from start to finish. Um, usually I'll do an intro. If I've talked to the client, if I haven't even talked to the client, then she'll just call and say, hi, I'm Tanya. I work with Michelle Odo on her team. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm her loan partner. Um, I'm going to work on this for you today so we can get it out to you right away. And, 99.999% of the people are thrilled, you know, that they got a call right away, right. that someone's on it. They're never, you know, kind of like, well, I want, I only want to talk to Michelle, Like that doesn't happen a lot. Mm. It can happen, but it's more rare. Are any of, would any of those be realtor referrals or those typically kind of like those less defined? You know, well, I mean, I started her off with all refi stuff just because that's the easy way to cut your teeth. You know, sure. she'd been in the title industry, um, so she knew loans, but she had yeah. never like been a loan officer. So she yeah. got licensed and then started from scratch on that side of the business with me. Um, and so, you know, started with refinance leads. So not really, unless it was a realtor who referred a refi, but not a purchase lead, got you it. know. Yep. Um, but then once she got up and running within a few months, um, I did have her start doing some purchases and now she'll do both. So some of those are realtor leads. They're both. Okay, cool. Well, obviously that's, um, and you, you include your total units in those figures, her 10 to 15. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. So as an LOA, they're not really sourcing any of their own business. They don't right. go out and originate like per se, they don't um, call on realtors. So they're really my deals that are coming in. They're my past client. They're my repeat client, my referral from a client or realtor referral, and they'll act in terms of like taking that loan from start to finish. Um, but they go under my volume. 
Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned Homebot. I mean, it's an interesting. Um, obviously, you use that, and that sounds like it's generating some positive ROI for you. I love Homebot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was lucky enough to get to pilot it before it ever came out. So Ernie Graham, you know, he was in Denver. He's a friend, right. um, asked me to be one of 10 to pilot it out here. So I got to kind of see the before, during and after, pro- you know, um, sure. process and, mm-hmm. and the product. Yeah. So I've, I've loved it from day one. I think it's one of the few things that you pay for and it actually, right. you know, gives you as much or more than you expected. And it's very easy. It's a set right. it and forget it system. So people just love it. The clients really enjoy it and you don't have to, um, chase them down. They're coming, they're coming to you with questions. When I think about with you and somebody at your volume, and you mentioned the LOA handling Homebot as an example of leads is, do you have that then internally kind of flow process wise? Do you have that set up or already, you know what I mean? With a very direct, either a direct or a dotted line to Tanya so that you're kind of out of the loop on that. Um, so what happens is we have an email. One of our emails is Odo group at leader one.com. Mm-hmm. So I have the Homebot um, notifications come to Odo group yeah. and then Odo group, it would be me, Tanya, Anne-Marie, and then Dennis, my other, he's kind of an LO, LOA hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's doing maybe a few deals a month for me and then doing his own stuff. Okay. Um, so those deals will come in through Odo group. And so we all see it and I'll usually assign it. You know, or someone might say, Tanya might say, Hey, I've been trying to chase this guy down for, you know, two months. This is my deal. Yeah. And it's cute. We all do little memes, you know, like yesterday, <laughs> Tanya had one with all the birds and it was like, mine, 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 mine. And she sent that out to the team. Like, this is my deal. So everybody's like, hands off, you know? Right. And um, so that's it's, cool. that's been fun, but yeah, I, everybody on the team is great. We all work together. Um, there's no drama. Everybody right. wants to help everybody. And that's been really good. And do you also involve them in any other um, activities that might be like past client type stuff. You know what I mean? As you're doing things to turn, uh, uncover opportunities, are you involving them in a similar way with that? Um, do you mean like events or do you mean like, I mean, out- let's just take past, data- past database, for example, I don't know. What do you do with your past database to try and. So it all, it's always me. I'm on the face of it. Um, uh-huh. my LOAs are not, unless they want to send something to like their sphere, then it would uh-huh. be them and me. But so for my CRM, anything that goes out, will have Michelle Odo, you know, the Odo group, my right. picture, and it'll come out from me. Um, but then those leads that come in would filter back to them. Ah, very good point. Um, so it's going out from you. It's still your face, your branding. But uh, if you send out 500 emails, for example, and you get you know 25 people who respond, then that's getting dispersed to your team. Correct. Okay. Yes. Got it. And cool. you know, I still I don't know if you remember, but I do a lot of um, mail, like snail mail, hard mail. Yeah. You know, cool postcards. Um, we do these variable data where their name is on it. Different. Yes. Thing. We do all different types of, of cards and things. So we every time I do a drop, you know, I'll get calls. I'll get deals. So those will, again, go to the team. I mean, listen to that. Hey, snail mail, right? Direct mail still works. (laughs) It works great. Uh, No, especially when less people are, well, it's funny. I mean, we could like, you know, segue into that conversation. I don't want to per se, but it's just a good point and a reminder to, you know, whenever anybody says something's dead, email's dead, direct mail's dead, right? First of all, it's not um, in most cases. And second of all, People, let's not forget that people love to get like, here, I got this book here. People love to get stuff, tactile stuff in the mail that they can touch and feel. And you know what I mean? Because we're, we're so used to digital that we, you know, that shows up and gets attention. Right. For sure. People love it. 
kudos to you. All right. So you also mentioned Dennis. So is that your, aside from processor, um, we've got one, two, three LOAs. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Dennis is really, um, he came from another mortgage company. He's a friend, you know, I've known him for like 20 years and he is a guy who, um, used to do a lot of volume back in the day. He's from California. Mm. Um, he's lived in Colorado a long time, but just through life changes and whatnot, he really stuck. He kind of got to where he was doing maybe three, five deals a month. That's all he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he, as of last year was LOAing for a different LO Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, but he really wants to grow his own business. Okay. So I, you know, he and I had been talking for a while and he's like, Michelle, I want to come work with you. I want you to mentor me on the marketing, doing the video, you know, all the things that you do. I will pick up any leftover and be an LOA on some of your deals, but my goal is really to build my business. And Mm -hmm. and that's my goal is to help him build it as well. Mm -hmm. So he's in my branch. He's an LO in my branch, um, who is his own LO, but he also maybe does like maybe three to five deals a month for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, got and it. maybe, you know, five, three to five of his own. And he wants to get to 10 to 15 of his own. So that's our goal. So I want to ask you about this and the situation with Dennis, it's for you anyways, it's a little bit different because you're running a branch. So therefore you don't necessarily care that he grows his own business. You want him to, right? <laughs> for obvious reasons, because you're going to benefit. But I, here's the thing. Um, a lot of people I talk to struggle with is when they're looking at hiring LOAs, et cetera, um, is the, is the constant challenge of them breaking away and becoming their own loan officer and then leaving me, assuming mm-hmm. I'm not running a branch. Mm-hmm. Do you, you do anything in advance to kind of like mitigate that or any advice there? Um, yeah. I mean, my advice is, and I've seen that over the years and, you know, my husband and I were brokers for years. Um, Jeff, I think you knew that, you know, a long time ago yeah. and we hired a lot of people that we trained and then they left us, you know, and right. it just like, it's like, it breaks your heart. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. ah, all that hard work and now right. someone else is going to get it. So I've kind of changed my, my, um, mindset on that mainly because Carla, who is, she's our operations manager now, but she was my, um, loan officer associate, but before that she was my processor for a lot of years. And I've learned that I personally really like, like a processor type person mm-hmm. who does not want to be on commission. They do not want to go find their own deals mm-hmm. or straight commission. Yeah. Um, they don't want to have to source their own deals. They don't want to be out in the street. They don't, they're not comfortable in that piece, but they're really good with people. They're good on the phone. Um, they have good personality and they really know how to put a deal together. They understand mm-hmm. the backside of the deal. They know how to structure the deal. They know if the deal works, they know if the income works. So it's like all the hard stuff is done. And when you know how to do all of that, you're not selling. You're just um, providing, you know, guidance. You're an advocate. You're uh, putting together structures and strategies because that's what you know how to do. And if you're a good communicator and you're good at sales just because, you know, you know how to communicate and you're good with people, then you're a great LOA. Mm-hmm. So I've really, um, Carla was my first LOA and she worked out, you know, she was amazing. So then when I hired Tanya, um, there was a lot of vetting in that. Like, what is your goal? And I hired, I interviewed quite a few people. And if they said to me, oh, I, you know, I want to start with you. And then within a year or two, I want to be a loan officer. They think that I want to hear that. I'm like, yeah, scratch. You're not, you're off the list. Like I don't want somebody to be my LOA that wants to go and be their own LO. That's not my goal. I want that. And that was vetted up front. We talk about that. Like, I love that personality that just wants to sit in their cube or at their desk and work and get deals done, but they don't want to go out and be their own LO. That's not their goal. And you think you get 
very clear on that by setting expectations, by asking some pressing questions, Mm -hmm. for example, are using any like, you know, disc profiles or anything like that? You know, I, I have been lucky. Um, I've done that in the past. The people that I have now, I didn't do it on any of them, but I got lucky because they were all people I've known and, Mm. you know, just having good discernment and kind of knowing their personality styles and that it would fit. But we've done those in the past. I had a team when I was at my previous company, I had a team of, um, there were three, four of us actually at one point at two LOAs, a marketing person and myself. And um, we did the animal one, you know, like where yeah. everybody's the animal. So of course I was the lion. Nobody was surprised. <laughs> um, and then Carla, my court, you know, my loan coordinator, she was the beaver. Cause she just like works and works and works. The, you know, the world's falling down and she keeps working. And then we had a golden retriever and an otter. So we were like the perfect team, you know? So, but yeah, I, I think those do work. I think those are good to have, and it's good to yeah. have somebody who's um, maybe has some of your strengths that, or that maybe some things you're weak in yes. and vice versa. Um, no, thank you for sharing that. Cause it's so often that I deal with LOs who are trying to address the capacity problem and think the answer is hiring a junior or this hybrid role and eight out of 10 times it winds up imploding in their face because of exactly what you said. Cause if there's always that, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll shovel elephant dung for a while, but I really want to go be my own LO. Right. That you recognize that early as a red flag. Well, and you, you're really, there's so much trust that has to be given because they have your database. Mm. They're talking to your realtors or, you know, so really knowing the person, like the character of the person for me is super important as well. Um, And like I said, I've been very blessed to have amazing people um, come into my path and, um, but yeah, for sure. Like, I think you really have to vet that out. And, and here's the problem when mm-hmm. we're desperate and we're really, really busy, yeah. you can convince yourself, right? Like, right. Oh, they're going to feed, they'll, we'll make them work. They'll be fine. You know, they're gonna, <laughs> we're going to change them. them. We're going to marry them and change them. No, exactly. that doesn't work. You know? So <laughs> that is funny. Um, I thought you had a biz dev person or am I missing it? It's one of the people you described. Um, no, I do. So they're really kind of the branch. Um, so my, my branch right now, I have quite a few people in here. Mm. So my husband does reverse mortgage. That's all right. he does. So he's his own team. He's not in my numbers. Um, he has a processor and he has kind of an LOA, mm-hmm. but his LOA, you know, reverse doesn't, they do he, last month. He did nine month loans, which was wow. ridiculous, that's a lot. but that's not the norm. He normally does like five, you know, which mm-hmm. is still a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, uh, LOA does a lot of my marketing stuff. Okay. Because she's kind of got that time, you know, so we have her kind of doing two roles. So we have that LOA who does, so she's kind of a half, half my person. She does a lot of my marketing. And, um, and when, when I say business development, I don't have the traditional business development person that, um, calls up realtors and says, Hey, you want to meet for coffee? Like, I don't have that. And I don't do that. Um, it doesn't mean I wouldn't want to do it at some point and I've Mm -hmm. done it at times in my career, but I don't, I haven't done that for the last couple of years. Um, so, but Tanya, who's my LOA, I hired her in that role, mm. but she wasn't in it very long. You know, we hired her in November and by, by March, she was an LOA. We Got took it. her out of that role. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I have a, a kind of a half marketing person. Um, the way my team runs, we have a, uh, a, um, assistant processor who kind of opens the file. So they order like the credit, not the credit, they order the title, the VOEs, the, um, appraisal, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's the assistant processor and then the processor. Mm-hmm. 
So they're the, they're for the branch. So they're for me, they're for, um, you know, Dennis and then my LOAs and any other LO that would come on board would Got use it. like the branch processor. We'd probably need another at that point. Sure. And she's so, in, in term, he or she's in the office. She's in my office. Yeah. Okay. Got so it. we have our own processor, our own assistant processor, and we have our own underwriter that we just hired. Um, nice. Not too long ago. That kind of volume. I mean, you know, you need it. <laughs> well, we needed it. Yeah. We were dying because when everybody was, you know, like just exploding with volume, mm-hmm. our turn times were getting, you know, slower and slower and slower. Right. Right. Like we were just dying. I'm like, yes. no, I got to have my own person. Okay. And so I, we left off at underwriter as, as far as like your, your ops. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. So the opener, which is our assistant processor, same thing processor. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I take a loan, this is what it looks like. Let's yeah, say I do my own loan. Yes. I take the application, whether it's over the phone, pretty much online anymore. I'm sending them to the, to the web. I really have changed my uh, process and I like that. So they go to the web, they fill it out, take some five minutes um, so if it's my deal, I'm going to call them up. I'm going to walk through the deal with them, get it all structured, sold, locked, whatever. If it's a refi, um, have their docs come in and it'll immediately go to Carla. Who's my, my loan coordinator. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like my LOA loan coordinator. Right. She's really a loan coordinator. She doesn't sell anymore. So it goes to Carla. Carla gets all the docs together, make sure it looks cool. Gets it to the opener. Mm-hmm. Who's the AP, right? Assistant processor. Right. Then she there and she orders all the preliminary stuff okay. and then it goes to the processor and then it goes to the underwriter. Okay. So if it's not my deal, let's say I give it to, you know, Tanya or Anne Marie, they would do the same thing. They would get the loan out of the, you know, go into the web, go over the deal with the client, sell it, lock it, structure it, mm-hmm. get the docs. They'll go through the docs themselves. That mm-hmm. file won't go to Carla unless it's difficult. Like it has, difficult tax returns or something they need help with and yeah. they will put it into processing. So it'll go to the assistant processor and then the processor. Okay. I'm on your uh, website here. I clicked on apply online. Um, so I want to just get a sense of, you said it takes five minutes. Is this, is this like connecting bank assets and all that kind of stuff too? Yeah. We used to have that set up. I disconnected it because it was mm-hmm. freaking people out. They thought they had to do it and then they right. would stop the app. Yeah. So we don't need it at that point. Um, they basically put in basic, you know, name, social date of birth, where they live, where they work, how much they make. It lets you put in like one bank account. So it's a pretty simple app. Mm-hmm. Um, they hit, you know, what they want to do submit. And then we get on the phone and fill in any gaps and complete the process. Are you using the app at all? I noticed you have an app as well. Yeah, we use both. So mm-hmm. I could I can text the app or I can send them right to the right. I mean, I, I lo- from a consumer standpoint, I like it because I'm seeing the images here on the website and we can put links in the show notes. Um, you've got this uh, scan and upload docs securely, which is cool. Like a snapshot of your W2. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, I love it. What, yeah, people want that streamlined thing, you know? Oh, it's easy. It's fantastic. Yeah. Changed awesome. my life. <laughs> it did. Exactly. Well, it's it's interesting uh, when you say you push people off to the side of the app, and I'm not saying I disagree with you, but it's funny because I hear some people, and I guess look, that's what's cool about this business. You do it any way you want. Um, some people choose the opposite of the route, which is no, let me take it with you over the phone because they feel like that locks it up more. You I know did I mean? that. I yeah. I was that person. You were. Okay. I would have sworn up until a year ago yeah. that was the only way to do it. That's mm-hmm. how you build your relationship. Right. Um, that's when you lock them in. Like, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I believed it. Yeah. Um, but I was forced to do something different because when I moved a year ago and opened a branch, 
And I had to get a lot of deals in the pipeline quickly, you know, deals that, um, you know, new deals, but I wanted to try to build that pipeline as fast as I could. And so there was no way I was going to do that by taking every single app. Right. So we came up with like a canned email and a canned text and it was very, um, warm, like, Hey, you know, um, we'd love to help you with that. We want to provide you with the same great service we always have. Um, you know, if it was a repeat client that reached out to me through Facebook or however they found me online, even, um, and we would immediately send that out and say, this will take you five minutes, get your info in, and then we'll work on it for you right away. And I have found, so then what happens is I've just, I flipped when I build the relationship, 99% of the people go, I, I literally hardly have anybody say, no, I don't want to do that. They're like, oh, okay. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I do. So they go, they fill it out. I open the app and I call them. And then I go through it with them on the phone. I pull their credit. I tell them what their score is. I make sure I know what they want to do. I structure it all up. I run a rate. I see that they like the rate. They commit to it. I'm like, cool. We're going to lock it right now. You're good with this. Yep. I love it. I lock it. And then I go, okay, as soon as I hang up, you know, you're going to get this and this and this send them the needs list. Five minutes later, they're uploading their docs. It's such, it's a way better system because now when I'm building my relationship, I actually have all of their information in front of me. I've pulled their credit. I'm looking at their numbers. I can, oh, wait, so you say you worked here, um, but what did you do before that? Or, you know, wait, are you contract? So how does that work? And I'm doing it all with it in front of me. And I'm actually kind of buttoning it up. The problem with what I used to do is you build this awesome relationship. Now you have to hang up, you have to get in the system and you get busy and then you get 10 of those. And by the time you get to it, you kind of forget. Mm. And then you're like, and they forget, they've talked to three more people. And then you're like, wait, what was, and then you might have your notes or whatever, but you know, you promised it that day. Now they didn't get it till the next day. And it just, it wasn't, I feel like this is like when they're hot, I'm like closing it, locking it. And it just, I love it. It's way Mm. better. Interesting. Um, regarding doing the review, once they've submitted their information on your site or app, and then you want to get together and go through that with them, are you scheduling those calls? I don't. Um, I just literally pick up the phone and call them. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get them, I leave them a voicemail and a text and an email. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just go ahead and work the deal because usually there's enough in there that I can put it together right. and I'll do what I want to do. I'll send them the estimate with the needs list, the lender. I have, I have form, all these form emails that I do, you know, that right. I tweak, but just canned emails. So I just like, you know, pull up, oh, refi email or purchase email or whatever it is. And then I tweak it, you know, um, mm. you're, you know, it's going to save you X amount per month. We don't need any money out of pocket. We don't even need an appraisal. If you close in December, first payment is February. You'll get your escrow account back. You know, all the stuff include the needs list, the estimate and um, email that to them and then Mm -hmm. follow up with the phone call, the email and the text. Okay. And then once you are green lighted, good to go, they say, yes, Michelle, let's go forward. Let's lock it. I got my timeline, whether it's refi or escrow or uh, purchase. Um, how involved are you in the transaction, the communication after that? So because I use that Odo group email, um, usually what'll happen is, so now the docs come in again, it goes to Carla, Carla reviews it, sends them an email and disclosures, right? The disclosures go out. She sends them an email and says, um, you know, dear so-and-so thank you so much for sending these things in. I've reviewed everything. All I need is X, Y, Z. 
um, and your disclosures, they were just emailed to you, you know, look for them in your email. If you didn't get them, let me know. Um, and then they'll reply to that Oda group email. So I see it all. Mm-hmm. I'm a very high level. I do not get involved unless I see something happening, like something like, you know, somebody goes sideways or they don't like something that's, right. you know what I mean? So then it goes from that to opening the processing and I can see all that happening. Mm-hmm. And I just slide those into their file. You know, I have a, I make their files over on the left in my email outlook, okay, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, or I delete it. If it's, if it's like, Oh, now I know that happened. I don't need it. It's delete. Um, but at least I always kind of know what's going on, but I'm not involved unless they say, you know, well, that's not what Michelle told me or, you right, know, right, something right. like that, or yeah. I don't want to get that. I shouldn't need to get that. You don't need that or anything like that. I'll immediately like, you know, shoot them and go, Hey, I'm going to give you a call here in a minute. You know, let, let's discuss this. And then I'll call them. Well, then what does your uh, like pipeline review meetings look like? How often, et cetera. You know, we probably do them. We don't do them as often as I know some people do. Um, I think that Odoc or email eliminates a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I always know what's going on. Um, and I also have, we do a pretty serious pipeline. I, let me see if I turn this, if you can see it, just do it like this. Oh, There's yeah. my other screen. It's your Excel um, spreadsheet. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a Google Doc. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, anyway, it's, you can't really see it, but it's like I, this You've got lots right? of colors on, lots of yellow. Yes, depending on the size and dates <laughs> and columns, you know. So yeah. I can pretty much tell what's going on at any given time between that. And then my team, so my processor and my LOA will talk, you know, Carla and the processor will chat or whatever. Right. Um, but we usually meet maybe once every two weeks, believe it or not. Yeah, and wow. yeah, we don't that need is... to meet a lot. It's a lot through emails and a lot through. Um... Do you feel though that like, uh, you know, I mean, do you feel, yeah, I'm thinking of that. That must be a large flow of information through your email to that auto group email. You know, it is. And we, tr- once the file's in process, mm-hmm. um, then it, then it would be Carla and me, like then we kind of. But yeah, I mean, there, that is the complaint that, that it does. It's not a complaint for me. Yeah. I like all those emails because I just read them and swipe, swipe, swipe. And I always know what's going on with everybody's files. Mm. But like for, you know, Tanya or Amory, it's a lot because they get a lot of those emails, but they've learned, you know, they have rules and it, they just kind of, mm-hmm. but yeah, we're going to try to, we need to find, we need to kind of, that's the problem with growing. Yeah. It's like you, you, everything's perfect. And now we've just interjected new people and now we have to change our system again. Right. So it's like, it's, it's good until it's not good. And that's kind of where we're at right now. It's still really good. I mean, we're closing 70 sure. loans this month. It's good, yeah. Yeah. but it needs to be better. We need to finite that system and that communication mm-hmm. um, and do more like tasking through the CRM, which we're not doing. Uh, is there a particular CRM you use? So my company uses Surefire. So that's yeah. where um, all of my like automatic notifications go out to the realtor and the client. Sure. That's where I send all my videos out through. That's where, um, yep. you know, all the by the people. way, videos, what are, you, are you talking about status update videos or? No. Well, so the CRM Surefire automatically has status update videos that are really cute. Like animated um, like, videos. Yeah, they're dynamic. Like the client's name is in it and oh. it kind of tells them where they're at in the process each time. Uh-huh. So those go out automatically, but no, like, let's say I do a video this week on what's going on with the rates or, um, what's a reverse mortgage or sure. so it's you know, my thankfulness, yep. thankfulness video I did last month. So I'll, or last week. So that'll go out through the CRM to all my clients and realtors. Hmm. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so how about when you have purchase transactions in place, you guys, are you doing status updates to all the parties? 
Uh, like the realtors and yeah, buyer both, and both sides. Yeah. yeah. So we do, but you know, again, I, it's amazing to me that um, those auto notifications go out so quickly uh -huh. and most realtors will reply and go, thank you so much, Michelle. Appreciate the heads up. Thank you. Thank you. And then, but you know, by the time we get to closing, they're like, you were amazing. Your communication was amazing. And I didn't do any of it. You know, it's just all automatic. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, thanks. I know we're so great, you know, but we didn't really do it. It's the CRM, but yep. we still have certain touch points in the file where we also reach out like with the appraisal, you know, we always send it again in our own email and say, you know, the value is X to the buyer and the buyer's agent. Um, as is, or to the listing agent value came in fine. We don't give them the appraisal. Uh, and then I usually call, you know, once or twice throughout the transaction. Both sides of the agents? No, usually the buyer's agent, the listing agent, I'll, I'll um, introduce myself in the beginning. So that's my first touch point. And then usually right before closing, you know, they're, I'm just letting them know we're good. And, yeah. you know. Are you pursuing um, listing agents at all? So, you know, for years, that was always how I built my business. Right. And I've hardly pursued, I mean, we just tried to do an amazing job and we built that way. And then a lot of marketing. Um, but my team now, you know, so my LOAs, if they have a great transaction, that listing agent's fair game for them. That's how I have it set up. Ah. So they can build that if they want, they're not going to go out and meet with them because they just don't want to do that, but they'll call, they'll send things, you know, they, they want to build, they want to have more deals coming in that are their own. Um, even though they don't want to go get business. So it's, it's like a high, it's a little bit of a, I know I said before, they don't want to go get business. They really don't, <laughs> but they do, if they have a great listing agent transaction, you know, I'm like, go for it. Mm, okay. A lot of those just circle back to me anyway, because my name's been on everything right. throughout the process, you know? Yeah. All right. You said something earlier about growth. And um, if I recall correctly, what I wrote down, you've pretty much grown your business, I believe like roughly 20% every year, right? Yeah. I mean, some years more than others, but sure. I would say from definitely from 2012 to current was when I was like on a mission to grow, yeah. to really grow it. And I would say started, you know, back in 2012, I think I was doing like 20 million, 25 million, you know, and um, because again, I had, I had stayed home with my kids. I told you for like six and a half years. Mm -hmm. So when I came back in 09, I had no business Yeah, started from and scratch. we had no programs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know, no PMI, mm -hmm. no 125s, no stated, like what? Mm -hmm. We can't talk to the appraiser. Like everything was different. So that was kind of weird. You know, I had to learn all that again, but um, so right. from 09 to 12 was like, just getting my feet under me and kind of building my business. Then from 12, I was like, no, I'm going to blow this thing up. So that's when I really tried to start like growing every single year. Okay. So, I mean, I could ask you a bunch of questions about how to grow, but the one I want to ask first is we're in this, you know, amazing year we've all had of banner growth, second best year on record, I think. Um, and so I'm asking that question of, of a lot of people because as I'm sure you probably feel some overwhelm right now, right? capacity, overwhelmed, been working hard, all that stuff. So my question then for you, as I've asked other people in a similar situation to you is, do you plan on growing again this coming year? Or is it a matter of like, what are you thinking when, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it'll shift from refi to, you know, I think right mm -hmm. now, like a healthy business model is maybe, um, 
you know, 60, 70 purchase, 30, 40 refi, right? That's, that's for me, a healthy business. Yeah. Uh, right now we're like 70 refi, 30 <laughs> purchase. That's not a healthy business model, right? Mm-hmm. Long-term it's not sustainable. Right. right. So my goal is um, that I, fr- when you said, you know, we're all burnt out, we're all like yeah. overwhelmed for the first time in, I don't even know, like probably a year. <laughs> Um, I don't feel that way. I and mean, this is literally the first time because I finally have all my people up and running. Our team is like ironclad. Everything is smooth. We have our own underwriter, like everything's cool. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going, okay. Um, so I st- the one thing I am doing is sales. I'm trying to do the sales trainings with my team once a week. So we're talking about all the things we need to do to be amazing and provide that wow experience for the realtor. And for the client as well, because a lot of it's client direct anymore, right? Right. Um, so to answer your question, if I could maintain the volume, mm-hmm. but shift the mix, I think that'd be incredible. Mm. I think even if we went back a little bit in volume, like, you know, I don't need to do 150 million. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to do 200 million. Yeah. So, you know, what are my goals going to be for 2021? It's like my far reach goal, 200 million. My, you know, maintain, like if I hit this, I'd be super happy, probably 150. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I, I think a realistic, like, like if I get less than this, I'll cry for a long time (laughs) would be maybe a hundred million, you know, so if I could do between a hundred and 200, which is a huge range, right. Um, I'd be super happy. But if I had, you know, if I went with my gut, I'm going to guess we're going to hit maybe 125, Mm. you know, I don't know. Now a hundred million is your new minimum. Has to be. Yeah can't do less than that. Cause again, that was my goal this year. And we're going to blow that out of the water. So I can't go less. Do you recall at how many units you were? And I don't know if your company provided it or not, but a lot of people are in the situation where the only way for them to grow or sustain or get some sanity back is to hire somebody. Yeah. Right. So what's, what's, is there a sweet spot you think of units or something? Yeah. I mean, so I think it's six. I, I think somewhere between six to eight. I, I like six. I think for every mm-hmm. six, even every five, like if you want to be overstaffed and, and just be amazing, you know, every five, I think every six units, you need a person. Mm. Um, and I was actually just doing the math on this before I got on the phone with you. It's kind of funny, but I went through it and I was thinking, okay, so, you know, if we're doing like this month, we'll close 70 units. Well, that's unusual. Right. But let's just say 50. Mm-hmm. If I was doing 50 units um, at six units per person, that's 8.3 people. So that's nine people, right? Mm-hmm. So I need nine people. Well, I have one, two, three, four, five. I have probably seven because <laughs> mm-hmm. two of them are halves, right? Dennis right. is a half and, you know, diamonds a half. So I have one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. I have like six and a half people. Mm. So, or six people. So I need to hire more people if I want to sustain, but you know, we went from like, 45 units to 70 like that. So we didn't, right. we weren't ready for that. Right. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I think every six, you should hire somebody. I am getting ready. I want to see if what January and February look like, right. Cause mm-hmm. we don't really know. Yeah. Um, but if it stays even halfway, you know, to this level or even went back a little bit, like 50 to 60 units, um, I will hire another opener mm. And I will hire so that I can split that volume because it's a lot for one person. Um, and I will hire a, another processor mm-hmm. and I will hire another marketing person. And I will pull that marketing off of Diamond is so she can just be an LOA for reverse. So anyway. <laughs> 
Was there some point you let go of, you know, the resistance to hire, give up money, so to speak, right? No, no. You know, my mom um, always ran hair salons. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was a hairdresser. She always ran, she, she'd open them, build them, sell them. She did that a lot. Mm. And she had like kind of an opposite philosophy of most people. She's like, when it gets really slow, you market more, mm. right? When you're so, because then you're doing, you're providing, you're in their face a lot. And then you have amazing service. You're going to build and you're going to grow. So like for me, I would always rather make a little less money, provide amazing service because that's how you're going to get repeat business and more deals. So right. making a little less is actually going to make you more money right? right. because you'll, it's that wow factor and the referrals and then your deals snowball. It's, yeah. it doesn't make any sense to make more money and give a crappy experience, you know? Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Totally. Um, you need out- to have a life, you know? Well, exactly. You need to have some margin back in your life. Um, for right. sure. I mean, there's some LOs, not everybody's a branch manager in your situation. There's some LOs who listen, who are waiting for their company to, to give me that LOA. I had that. understand that. Before. Right. But, but, you know, what I try to tell them is, you know, are you going to continue on this road, which you can't control whether or not they're going to give you that or not. So the question is, do you just hire on your own, whatever that person is, maybe it's not an LA, maybe it's somebody to free you up. You know what I mean? Doing tasks. Oh, totally. And if the company will allow you, I would say, don't wait for them to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You do it. There are some companies and I worked at one that just wouldn't allow you unless you had eight units. And that was a problem Um, because eight units is a lot. And if you're paying a hundred percent, because we have to pay for our own LOA anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. what does it matter? But so not to slam another company, but talking to those LOs, like if they're in a company where they're allowed, but they're not going to subsidize it, do it anyway. Because like my husband used to always say, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant, right? You know, and if you're the assistant, you cannot make, you are losing money. You're losing a lot more than you would be paying that person to help you make more money. I always do it in loans. How many loans do I need to pay for that person? Mm. Will that person help me do two more loans Mm -hmm. a month Mm -hmm. or whatever it is? And that's how. And then you just have to trust. You have to trust. Yeah, yeah that you're going to you're gonna do that and make that happen. Okay, wonderful conversation on the whole team structure. I knew you were going to knock it out of the park with this. I want to close out with the last few minutes, maybe just kind of high-level stuff. I know you're pretty savvy with marketing and videos and things like that. What are, anything big planned for you for 2020 regarding your marketing? Or 2021, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I know. Gosh, where did this year go? Um, yeah. yeah, in fact, I was just talking about this this morning with Diamond, who does my marketing now. So we do some things like, um, when the loan goes into processing, the LOA sends an email to diamond, our marketing person, mm-hmm. um, that says agent ad. So if it's an agent, we don't already have that. We don't already work with that's an agent ad. So they get added to a bunch of places. Like they go into a place where we're going to send, you know, videos, postcards, whatever okay. we Facebook them, we link them in, we Instagram them. We, uh, we have a thing that we do. We send them a card that says, you know, lender 911. If your loan's falling apart, call us. Like we have a whole little process we do, right? Mm-hmm. But what we don't do, and we used to do, but we don't have time to do it now. And this is why I need my own. I just need like a full-time marketing person. Is we really need to Facebook and link in the borrower right about the time we're going to go to closing. 
So like, what? Deal's friend gone smooth. Everything's cool. We're going to go to closing, which all of our deals go smooth, but you know, you never know. You might have that one off where you just don't want them on your Facebook or whatever. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's what we do. So, so right now we don't have the time to do that, but I want to implement that because I feel like so many of my clients come back to me year after year, refer, refer, because we've become friends on Facebook. Right. And it's like, we're buddies, right? And yep. they see my stuff and they see my videos and they see everything I do. So it's just very organic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that le- and then that coupled with the mail I send, coupled with the videos we send out through, just all of those things combined, right? Mm. So we haven't been good about it all year in Facebook and our clients. So what am I going to do next year? A lot better job of getting those clients in my fold on social media, um, making more... Um, lists in Facebook so I can target certain things in Facebook. Um, that's another thing I need to do this year. By the um, way, for those listening, what she's talking about there is custom Facebook lists. You can Google how to do this, but essentially Facebook will allow you to tra- create a custom list. So it's quick and easy for you to get in there and follow, like, comment on people. Right. So you have all your realtors, you could have past yeah. clients, you could have all your veterans, you could right. have whatever. Right. Um, so that, that would be cool. And then um, I, and we've always done events. And of course this year, every event we had got canceled. We were going to do the Top Gun um, premiere and that was awesome. And that got canceled. Right. So we did do one thing. You put it on the group, the pumpkin patch. We did that, but yep. you know, so some more events again this year um, and a lot more loving on my, my referral partners. I've not been good about this. So if I get a referral from whether it's a referral partner or a past client, Um, I want to go way above and beyond in the gratitude there. And we're not Mm. doing it. We just haven't had the time. So meaning like, you know, a huge thank you. It could be a card. It could be, oh, we noticed it's your birthday. You know, all the things, the the realtor's birthdays, the the client just had a baby, all the things. So catching it all on the social media and then actually doing something with it. Mm. That's my goal this year. Oh, wait a second. Catching it on... What do you mean catching it on social media? Well, so if you're on Facebook with these people and you're on LinkedIn, ah. you're seeing these events, right? Like So just random acts of kindness or gratitude. Yeah. So not just, so, so combination of the referral, like they give you a right. referral. Sure. That's an easy, you know, we need to send a card. We need to call and give them a thank you. Right. Um, but then in addition, really loving on our clients and our referral partners just through uh, interaction, you know, through seeing what's going on in their life. Yep. Yep. Connection. Right. By staying connected to them on social. Yeah. Yes. Connection. Yeah. So that, so my plan for 2021 is to do more of that, to have a better, have a full-time marketing person that's helping me with that. Mm-hmm. Do a lot more of that. Um, I also do a lot with the chamber. Like I'm in three different types of networking groups. So mm-hmm. I'm in a um, national association, a divorce professional group. So right. I'm a divorce professional, you know, certified divorce. So I do some stuff with that. And then I'm with the chamber um, and I'm in another networking group. So just you, you kind of hit this. You said, if somebody was trying to build their business, yeah. my number one thing I would say is um, get on social, build your brand, meaning be very authentic, be posting all the time, talk to people, connect, join some groups, whether it's a BNI, a chamber networking, a knitting group. Like, I don't care whatever you're into, you know, <laughs> if you bike, if you're a bicyclist, Building. Just, yeah, yes, you know. whatever you're into, you know, get, get with your people and nobody's sending you alone, just sitting in this chair, you know, unless you're connecting online, which a lot of us are doing that right now. Right. But I would say if you're trying to build your business, you have to get in some groups and you have to get on social. Um, and you have to provide an amazing experience and then you have to 
touch, you know, we touch our clients a lot during the process. They get, Mm -hmm. they get a thank you, you know, they get the Starbucks card when they go in, they get a lottery card, they get different things. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, staying in front of them and then doing a great job. And then after you close, staying in front of them. Do you, do I used to do the, um, congratulations, your loan is approved or whatever, you know, send it to the office, that kind of stuff. That's, that's gone now with COVID because no yes. one's in the office. <laughs> yeah, we don't do the office, but we do the, um, so we do like a Starbucks card when they go, um, well, we were doing movie tickets, which we're not right. doing that anymore either right now. Yeah. So we replaced that with like a scratch ticket and it just says, I wish I had the card. It's so cute. It says, wishing you a lotto luck, you know, mm-hmm. and then you open it and it says, um, do I have it? Do you just buy those at the store or are these well, special I orders? printed. Hold on. Oh, okay. Hey, Diamond. Will you bring me a lottery card real quick so I can show somebody? Okay. She's going to bring us one. I love it. I can just shout to her. She's right there. But um, no, it's super cool. We had them printed, you know, so my graphic designer came up with the idea of what to like the verbiage and we had them printed. So we send that with a scratch ticket. And I think what, are they, what, are they, what do they win though? I mean, is this a, an official? Well, lottery? it's more of like, here, I'll show you. Are you, are you, in, are you involved with gaming? Well, hello, greetings to everyone. <laughs> What's up, Diamond? <laughs> it's Diamond. Okay, so it says, wishing you, can you see that? Hi, oh, wait, there here's the, look, here's right the there, right there. Wishing yep. you a lot of success. Yep. And then when you open it, it says, um, whether you pay off your loan in this instant, because it's a scratch ticket, yep. or over time, you're taking fantastic oh. strides to meet your financial goals. And then at Hang the on. bottom, it says, thanks a million. For cho- thanks a million in caps for choosing us to handle your loan. All right. And you're putting a scratch to get in the there. there. All right. I, yeah, it's I just a thank you, right? It's a touch point. I thought and you were running your to- own lottery in the state of Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it's a scratch. You can do so- whatever you want to do. We used to do movie tickets. We can't do that. No, I know. But the scratch card's awesome. Again, yeah, people love that. It's interactive. Yeah. Cost a buck. Yeah. You know? No kidding. And what and if then, they win a hundred bucks? Oh my gosh. Right. Right. And then they'll post it and they'll tag right. you. And then you probably get arrested for gambling. I don't know. Mm. But then we also do um, the Starbucks cards when mm-hmm. they um, go are getting ready to go to closing and then they get a closing get, you know, we send popcorn to their house after they close, they get 5280 for a year, um, 5280 magazine um, with okay. our little thing on it every month, you know, so just, they're all little inexpensive things, but they really mean a lot. Yeah. No, you're doing a lot of things right. I mean, I love everything I'm hearing. It's a very um, intentional uh, system for you, for marketing, branding, awareness, reminding, stay of top of mind. You know what I mean? Yes. For sure. It's not the average transaction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every time they turn around, oh, I just got this in the mail. No, I just got this video. And oh, now they just called. And now I got another card. And now I got popcorn and, you know, it's like, it's, it, it never, it's the gift that keeps giving, like it never ends. <laughs> right. Right. And then of course, right. Uh, not to sound self-promotional, but I know in the past you've done some events. Yes. Super busy. And some yes. of those on your calendar for the new year, perhaps. You know what? I'm really glad you brought that up because <laughs> the thing I've been struggling with, and you and I talked about this, and this is absolutely in my 2021 plan yep. is transitioning from in-person classes because I was teaching your classes. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a handful I love that have been very successful and people love realtors love. Right. Um, but now, you know, when everything went to zoom, I was like, well, and then we were overwhelmed with business. It was like, who wants more business? I'm not trying to get any more loans right now. Um, But then, but so now 2021, part of like, okay, we got to go back to, back to basics. We got to build our business. We got to build, you know, talk to realtors, all the things that are made us who we are and that are important and that we care Mm -hmm. about. So with that, what I have to do is um, get super comfortable teaching 
classes over Zoom because I'm kind of an in-person person, person, right? Like I feel like that's how I connect and um, just doing it over Zoom is just different. It's a different thing. Like I need to fix my lighting, right? Like right now I look like I'm dark. And so I need, you know, a simple little $20 ring light will take care of that. Yes. Like I need to fix some things. I need to be a little more, you know, we have a green room. We do our videos in there, but I don't want to teach my class in there. Like I think, or maybe I do, maybe I should actually. Uh, I, I would encourage you to consider that. Uh, yeah, because you can control so many things in there. You can put whatever you want, obviously, behind you for the green screen. And you get to stand, I assume, when you teach. You prefer yes. to stand, perhaps. True. Uh, you can have somebody like Diamond can drive the slides for you, you know, or handle the chat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I have to figure out. So, like, right now, the you know, the camera's in there. When we do our videos, I have a videographer, but I'll have to, like, I have to get the screen up where I can see it and see the people. So, I'd have to do some things. So in my 2021 plan is to figure out how to transition um, those classes to an online format Mm -hmm. and then how to drive, um, actually drive attendance because that's the other, you know, that's the huge challenge. Right. So, so those are things that, again, if I hire that marketing person, that's really their function is to help me drive business in all of those avenues, including, you know, helping with those classes. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we're going to be doing some extra things around that as well, helping you drive attendance. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no. And like, not to, you know, I know you don't want to self-promote yourself, but I can promote you. Um, No, because your classes are amazing and they really are. um, I mean, they're, they're always like surface enough, but deep enough that, you know, you can get through them. Yeah. You don't have to be like a super duper expert to teach them, Mm -hmm. but there's enough there. There's enough meat for the realtor to like go, Hey, um, I can take that and work with that. And maybe I want more. And then that's right. an offline conversation. So right on. Love it. Love it. Okay. What I want to do is put links in the show notes so people can follow you and all that kind of stuff. What's your, are you more Instagram or Facebook? I'm really more face. I mean, I'm on both. Uh-huh. Um, but my videos and stuff, I'll go to Facebook. I do do Insta. I'm on Instagram. Which by the way, I don't want, I don't want to leave the scene of this conversation without giving you props for your videos. Cause we, we, Everyone, hello, here's, oh, I know I should do video or whatever, but you've done so many great video examples. I've shared them, as you know, um, of you and a real estate agent talking topics, you an insurance person, an appraiser, a whatever. You're like interviewing people a lot, you know, which is awesome content for you because it builds up your expertise at the same time. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. that's probably the thing I like doing the most. Uh Um, Like writing a blog is kind of a drag, but I can sit and talk for a long time (laughs) and someone could edit it all up and make it, you know, so videos are great. I think they're easy. I think it's the best way to connect with people and let them know who you are and show them that you are an expert. I would recommend everybody do them. Um, So yeah, that for sure. But you don't have to learn. um, Mm. We can do this offline, Jeff, (laughs) or if somebody knows you can email me (laughs) is I have all these amazing videos, but I don't, I know they have to be shorter for Instagram and I don't know how to get. I think to do Instagram, you have to video it right on Instagram and you can't really use your edited videos. And so I just don't know how to, I need to start doing my video on Instagram. I'm not doing any video on Instagram at all. I'm looking at your Instagram page right now. Um, I'm just doing posts. The, the automatic one. Yeah. Yeah. You're just doing posts. Which, was, which I named you could, you a could, long time You could ago. start doing some stories for sure. Yes. Um, the little circles up top. Yeah. I need to do that. Oh, both stories and the little. That's the highlights up top. Yeah, I got to do but, that. Uh, but the stories is, yeah, you just, it's it's a video based. It could be an image that's turned into a video or it's a video itself that becomes a story where you put all the stickers and everything around it. Um, but don't you have to do it on your phone, like directly to Instagram? You can't upload it from somewhere. 
correct? Correct. You can, okay. um, there is a third party platform, I think, um, planally that you can do that. But okay. in general, anyway. yes, you grab content from your phone, mm -hmm. whether it's a video you already have, or you're doing it right in the app. And that's how you create the story for sure. But you can get a bunch of videos done in advance on your phone. Oh, I can take the video on my phone and do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, create that as a so story. that's part of my 2021 also, like getting that Instagram where it needs to be. But yeah, just um, cool. We just happen to have a class on that topic too. I know. <laughs> I know. All uh, right. I got to learn it so I can teach it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, listen, I know you're super busy and I greatly, greatly appreciate number one, your friendship. Number two, the opportunity to bring your story to our listeners. This has been fantastic. I have look what I have on my desk. See, I keep your stuff. Oh, look at that! Look at that. You got Thank me you. a book once. I keep it. And I got a, I got more swag coming. I've just you know been waiting for the right time and budget and all that fun stuff. <laughs> cool. I know you're busy too. Yes. You yes, had to move, busy. and you're doing all kinds of cool things. So. Yep. Always moving. Thanks for doing these. I enjoy listening to other people. That's how I learn and grow, and I always pick up something new. So thank you. You bet. Thank you. All right. We'll see you, Jeff. Thanks. Bye, everybody. All right. Hey, listeners, you know what to do. If you like this episode, hey, leave us a review and we appreciate you. We'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Parking Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call, we'll have a chat, we'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.